Hi everyone, thank you for joining us with Exploring Sanity. Um, so this is us, well me, trying to uh, work out what it's like being filmed and looking at yourself while you're filming. It's a little odd, so you know, just bear with me. The quirks will be worked out. Um, so this is a podcast. It's about mental health. Um, I'm personally on a recovery journey and I'm just meeting some amazing people, some influential people, some powerful people. And I just want to create a space for us to come together and talk about our struggles, share our experiences, share our strength with people. Um, I have some really funny stories that I want to share and um, some of my friends have funny stories too. So we're just going to get together and share with you guys. Um, I'd also really want to want to break the stigma of addiction. There's so many, every single person, every single person that I know, um, I'm sure that you know, is either, either struggles with addiction, has struggled with addiction, um, has a family member or a close friend that struggles. It's, this is, um, this, this disease, this mental illness, this, this, this is something that affects our hearts and our minds, and it's a disease, what would you say, of the mind? Yeah, of the mind, body, and spirit. Yes, mind, body, and spirit. Um, and you know, it's, it's classified at, under mental health. And so this is a podcast about mental health, but we're just going to come together, and we're going to chat with you, and we're going to chat with each other. So um, is there, are you on record already? Yes. Okay, great. <laughs> um, so today, um, I have a beautiful friend with me, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let her introduce herself to you, and um, I'm going to, we're just going to chat. Sound good? Yeah, sounds good. Hi, everybody. Um, I am Desiree, and I am a recovering heroin addict. I'm coming up on three months this Friday, so yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Desiree. Um, and thank you so much for doing this with me. Of course. Um, My pleasure. <laughs> you just you you just have this beautiful spirit and beautiful energy. And, thank you. And so do um, you. <laughs> thank you, doll. And this fervor for life. And yeah. and I know you have a story. So yeah. um, if you're cool with sharing some of your story with us, yeah, of um, I know that. So exploring sanity is, I think, is a fitting name because. Over and over again in the literature, we hear insanity, insanity, and we and we believe that our higher power can restore us to sanity. Um, and what's the definition of insanity? Uh, the definition of insanity is to repeat the same thing over and over again, respect, um, expecting different results. Yes. Yeah. And so <laughs> today we're trying to do things differently. And we go through some of the craziest things. Like there's days where I look around, I'm like, this is what absolute sobriety feels like. <laughs> this is what this is. And so um, we're just together um, as a weird family. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. You know what the thing for me is like, um, I spent so many years abusing substances. I didn't even know what it was to be sober. Mm. So... It's, yeah, it's, it's like a, a, a new beginning. It's like starting all over again. You know, I feel like I started getting high at such a young age that like I was kind of like stuck in that mentality of being so young. Yeah. Yeah. How old were you when you started um, using? I started smoking weed when I was 10 years old. Okay. 
Um, I started drinking when I was 12. Um, I tried cocaine for the first time when I was 13. And then all the hard drugs like heroin, PCP, crack, um, everything else I did when I, ecstasy, um, I started when I was 14 and 15. So, okay. yeah. Do you mind telling us, um, like, how you were exposed to weed at such a young age? Like, did you grow up in a neighborhood where... Um, well, yeah, actually. Um, so the first time I ever smoked weed was um, me and my best friend at the time. Um, my brother was six years older than me. And he used to have parties at the house mm -hmm. all the time. And uh, I looked up to my brother. I thought he, you know, was my hero. And um, so me and my friend went into the backyard and said, hey, can we hang out with you guys? Mm -hmm. And... Um, one of his friends came up and said, you can hang out if you smoke this joint and you take a sip of this beer. And they handed me one of those little tiny like Budweiser cans, mm -hmm. like those little mini ones. And that was it. And then um, after that, my friend had came from Las Vegas. She went back to Vegas to visit family. She came back and she brought weed with her. And I, the first time I smoked weed, I don't remember getting high, but the time that I smoked with her that from the weed from Las Vegas was definitely like... Yeah, I definitely felt different at that point. And from then on, I smoked weed every day for the next at least eight years. Okay. Yeah. Did you... Um... So that was like your like puberty and everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. I was still a child. I mean, I didn't even know, you know, what I was doing really. And then right. it just, yeah. you know... Did you like it right from go? Like yeah. when you first drank that Budweiser? Um, the Budweiser, I don't think I really liked, but the weed I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. um, I never really was a big beer drinker, so yeah, <laughs> I liked, you know, sweet alcohol. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. But my father was an alcoholic, so yeah, I think that's kind of like where my addiction, you know, came from. I feel like addiction definitely is something that um, is genetic. Um, you know, it's also a disease of the mind, but I definitely believe that my father being an alcoholic helped, you know, um, definitely helped me become, become an alcoholic because, you know, his tendencies became my tendencies. So, yeah. yeah. Were you raised by him? Uh, yeah, I was raised by him and my mother. Mm -hmm. Um, my father was a very abusive man. Um, he was a very angry alcoholic, and I, I always swore I would never be anything like him, but yeah, yeah I, I ended up uh, turning out just like him. Super angry when I was drunk and, you know, fighting everybody, and it, yeah, it yeah. was pretty bad. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Yeah. I, I remember my mom telling me that I was turning into her. Yeah, um, yeah she told me that before she passed away. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, no, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I think that my father saw a lot of himself in me, which is in turn why he, you know, was so angry with me because he was so angry with himself for the way he was that he looked at me and saw himself. And I think that kind of was like what made him like so, you know, have so much anger towards me. Oh, did he treat you different than? Yeah, yeah. So my brother and my sister, um, my, my brother's older, my sister's younger. Um, she never got hit once. My brother has a different father, so they would fight a little bit here and there, but he never really put his hands on my brother. I think he did, like, one time, but, like, mm -hmm. other than that, like, it wasn't really a thing. But me, I would constantly take the brunt of everything. Mm -hmm. So 
The first time I really remember my father um, hitting me was I was in fifth grade and I was going to walk a friend up the street and I said, hey, I'll be right back. I'm walking my friend um, up the street. She lived at the house at the end of the corner. He said, no, you're not. I said, yeah, I'll be right back. I walked out the door, started walking with my friend down the street. My father ran outside, picked a metal pole off the side of the ground and started beating me over the back with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. Pretty traumatic. And then um, I think that made me kind of like um, lash out a little bit, you know, and that's probably why I also, you know, ended up doing some of the things that I did. Yeah. You know, so. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I'm sorry that it was like that. And it's okay. You know, we all have our pasts and things happen to all of us and trauma and it is what it is, but, you know, I'm just trying to move on from that. I forgave him a long time ago for it. Um, he passed away five years ago, so. You're you're such a strong woman. Thank you. You really are. Thank you. Um, a little bit later, I'm going to ask you about what happened this past weekend. Yeah. Um, she's, she's so strong. Just how she just shared with us. Um, you know, the story, just that little experience that was such a huge experience that was with her father and, and she's, she's moved past that and she's accepted that, you know, our stories, our experiences become who we are and develop our strength. And I'm looking at such a strong, resilient woman because <laughs> of the things that you've endured, you know, because of your life, because of your story. Yeah. Um, do you, is there any, um, how, how long have you been trying to find freedom in sobriety? Um, so, um, I kind of always knew that I had a problem, um, but I didn't know anything about like sobriety or like AA or anything like that, um, I guess until, um, 2018 2019 okay. so it's only been a few years yeah. yeah um i went to treatment um and i stayed sober for almost four months and then i ended up relapsing um i went back to the same treatment center three more times and then the last time i actually managed to stay sober for 17 months um and then uh yeah i don't know i kind of lost my way a little bit and Became ridful um, at my situation and um, felt like I wasn't giving enough time to myself and doing a lot for others, which is you are supposed to do a lot for others in sobriety. But it was oh, it was a lot like I, I was managing a sober house and I wasn't taking any time for myself. So, yeah, um, yeah, I that, ended up relaxing. That's amazing that you were managing a sober house. I'm sure yeah. that was rewarding. Oh, it was very rewarding. Um, yeah, I mean, I love doing it and I loved helping all the other women. Um, it definitely helped me stay sober. Mm -hmm. But to a certain point, um, I feel like when you're working a program, you have to um, maintain all sorts of things. So it's not just helping people. It's, you know, going to meetings, it's, you know, writing inventory, calling your sponsor, talking to people yeah. when you're struggling, which was a big thing for me. I was struggling internally and I didn't want to admit it. And yeah. it took me out. 
So being a manager of a sober house, who was there for you to talk to? Because you're, you're like that support for the girls in the sober house to talk to, right? Yeah, so um, I had a sponsor um, and I had friends, but I mean, it's not like, I felt like it was more of like a burden and like I was kind of embarrassed and full of shame and guilt that I was going through all those things because I was like the person that people looked up to. Yeah. So it was, it was hard for me to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah, sure. I, mm -hmm. I, I can see where, how that would be. Yeah, I can definitely see how that would it be. That's why I ask because I know, um, like in a place of employment, when you're the supervisor or the manager, mm -hmm. um, you're supposed to be the one with the answers. Yeah. And you're supposed to be the guide. Mm -hmm. And so I know for me, it's hard to ask, like, mm -hmm. who do I ask help to or, yeah. you know, yeah, um, definitely. And um, you don't want to admit when you're, you know, feeling certain ways, especially because like I had 17 months, I should have had my shit together. Sorry for the language. Mm. But um, I felt like, you know, I was like, why am I feeling like this? Like, what is happening? Yeah. But when I take a look back, I can see where it all started. Um, you know, I stopped going to meetings. I stopped um, being honest with people. I was holding little secrets and letting those build up. And I always say it's the little secrets that will take you out. So, like, just little things here and there that I just wasn't, like, being honest about. And they, like, piled up and piled up and piled up. Yeah. And um, when you say little secrets, like, um, can you give us an example of like what a little secret would be? Yeah. So um, me saying I'm going to stay the weekend at my mom's house when I was really going to stay with my boyfriend who um, I wasn't supposed to be seeing at the time. And, OK. Um, me staying out until three o'clock in the morning and not saying anything and lying and saying I was home all night watching the girls when I'm because I had a curfew as well. Um because you know i had to be there when the girls were there so i could check on them and everything like that mm -hmm. so it was just you know little things here and there that i would just you know yeah not be honest about and those things kind of like built up and you know i just i started not to like myself like um i never really cared for myself i never really had self-love and i felt like i actually started to at that point but then it's something just happened and i it, I just kind of fell apart quickly and it happened so fast. Like, um, you know, I went through a breakup and that was like the icing on the cake. And that, I think that's kind of like what ended up taking me out because, um, I was so heartbroken and I didn't want to tell anybody I was embarrassed about it. And, um, yeah. So did people in your house know about the relationship? Um, yeah, they knew about the relationship, but the thing is, is, uh, me and my ex had been on and off for four years and, um, that's a long time. Yeah. And, uh, we were kind of together, but not really like he was like setting boundaries with me and I wasn't really accepting those boundaries. I was kind of like, yeah, we're together, you mm -hmm. know? And then he was like, no, but we're not. And then he called me and told me he met somebody else. And I was like, oh, uh, okay well you know oh, and, and yeah and that was hard for me to hear yeah because we had just spent time together like the week before yeah. so i was like how did you just meet somebody we were just together literally um on the beach holding hands and you telling me like you want to be with me forever like mm. okay yeah you know so it, it was rough for sure
I just heard three key things in that um, that are so huge to us in recovery. One, the honesty thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Because they say honesty, openness, and willingness. Yes. And that honesty factor. um, I heard you say that um, you felt a lack of honesty with from yourself Mm -hmm. before your relapse. Mm -hmm. Another thing I heard was um, the the rejection. Mm -hmm. You know, like when you said what you what happened with him. Mm -hmm. I could feel that rejection. You know, I. like a devastating rejection. Yeah. Um, and the other thing was mm, <laughs> boundaries. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> That's what it was. Boundaries. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So we have. Oh, don't we have a tough time with the boundaries? Oh, definitely have a tough time with boundaries. I try to set boundaries and then I will cross every boundary. That, yeah, I yeah. do the same. I'm like, wait, this is what a boundary feels like? <laughs> it's so foreign, I you know? know? And then it's, sometimes it feels so forced, too. I'm like, okay, like, what? You know what I mean? Mm. You're, like, forcing boundaries on things and or people are forcing boundaries on you. And it's like, how do you even... Like, how do you even deal with those things? You know, like, okay, like, it's just, I don't know. It's so weird. Boundaries are a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're definitely hard. I'm definitely not good at setting boundaries. I will set a boundary and then I will uh, forget about it two seconds later. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it's as easy? Because um, a couple of the girls and I were just talking about this earlier. Do you think it's as easy as, um, and, and I say as easy as, but it's like a practice. So setting a boundary with something small, mm-hmm. such as, um, no, I'm, I'm no longer like sharing my soda can with other people. So if, some, if a friend in the house is like, Hey, can I have a drink of that? And to just get in the habit of saying, no, I don't share. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. and I, and to some people that may seem like, well, that's obvious, but yeah. when, we've haven't had boundaries for so long Mm -hmm. we naturally want to people please want to say yes we feel like are we hurting their feelings are we making them feel excluded right definitely you know um and people pleasing is a big thing for me too like i'm constantly like trying to check myself on that like why am i trying to please them like when i should be taking care of myself amen sis you know like yeah because if i'm not okay with myself then nothing else is going to be okay drop the mic where's the mic at (laughs) (laughs) absolutely yes and and oh my gosh i know like i think that's do you think that's more huge with women like we're the care we're caretakers oh, naturally. Um, I'm sure it is. Yeah, because women like we're more emotional. You know, we, we are. Ha- we- oh, definitely, one hundred percent. Yeah, men men like to hide their emotions more. Women, I feel like we definitely are more vulnerable at times. Like I can be vulnerable with my girlfriends and I can be vulnerable with my family, but men put up a wall and they don't like to be vulnerable a lot of the time. I feel like you know they don't like to show that they're hurting or you know that they're scared of something. Mm. I mean, I feel like, you know, um, it just really depends on the person though. You know, I was going to say I must be part male. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, I know I wear my emotions like, like constantly. And I'm, I'm 
emotional roller coaster constantly. Like I'm up and down and up and down and up and down. See, I don't see that in you. And if you if you feel that way, um, what I, what I've seen of you, you carry yourself very well. Yeah. And you are, I would say that you communicate well. Yeah. And I see integrity in you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I see a woman that if you say you're going to do something, you do it. Yeah, definitely. I, I see somebody who's dependable. I see someone who's honest and um, courageous. Thank I you. And I think all those things are like very strong, empowering qualities mm -hmm. um, that you when you walk in, like, even if you feel like a mess on the inside. Yeah. And you're putting yourself in it. If you're putting yourself around people that are like you, mm -hmm. right. People that want to lift you up. Mm -hmm. If you're surrounding yourself with a tribe yeah. of women who want to hold you up and love on you like you do to them. Yeah. Um, you're, even if you do get a little messy emotionally, <laughs> yeah, it's it's all amongst good company. Yeah, you know? yeah, definitely. I've definitely learned that um, that it's okay to show my emotions. I don't like, you know, I don't go walking around like crying all day long. You know, when I feel like I want to cry, I'll, you know, I'll go cry. Mm -hmm. But it's not like I, yeah, I'm saying like, if I'm an emotional person, it's like within me, my emotions, but I don't show my emotions. I don't, you know. Oh, like a wall? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just poking fun because you, you mentioned the wall. Yeah. Like a few minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause I know about the wall. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard to break down that wall. Um, definitely. Uh, it, it just really depends on how comfortable I am with somebody, mm. you know, if, yeah. if I consider you a close friend, then, you know, I know that I can trust you, but it's hard for me to trust a lot of people at the same time. Um, because every time I do trust people, I end up getting hurt. I feel like, and it's just kind of like a repetitive thing. Like I, I, I'll let my guard down and I'll trust somebody, but then I get hurt. And, and so now I'm kind of trying to like build up that wall again and then I'll let the wall down. And it's just like a vicious cycle, mm -hmm. you know, but it's, um, you know, it's all a learning process and yes. it's just one day at a time. So <laughs> yes. Yeah. One day at a time. Perfect. Sweet Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> My Mimi used to play that song all the time when Aww. I was growing up. It's like this um, country-ish hymn, and it's, well, I'm not going to sing it for you guys, but <laughs> you can look it up if you want later. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe we can drop a link <laughs> to the song. Yes. It's like an old hymnal, Aww. I think. Maybe it's not a hymnal. I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> But when you hear it, you'll, you'll know what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Speaking of emotions, do you want to, do you want to share a little bit about what happened, what you found out? Because um, like, I think that, so if you do, yeah, that's fine. I think it's huge testimony as to, so we get sober, we get clean, sober, mm -hmm. and we're like, okay, like, but the world is still the same like yeah. our environment that we were in is still there mm -hmm. and a lot of times we do things like remove ourselves from the location we were at and mm -hmm. we put ourselves in a safe place yes um a safer place to heal 
Um, a lot of times we have to remove ourselves um, from around certain people. Um, and sometimes we quit our jobs. Sometimes we move states. Sometimes we do whatever we have to do to, to um, get well, to heal, to yes. give ourselves that space, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but like the, the world, even if we stop spinning, the world keeps spinning and so stuff happens and what i learned happened to you um and i just learned this today mm -hmm. i am just this is just huge testimony i think you said you're three months clean mm -hmm. right now and this yeah. is huge testimony how someone can be in recent or newly um found so sobriety mm -hmm. and something can happen and that doesn't mean that that's a reason to go pick up and that doesn't mean that a solution is to get high yeah and um so i just am wondering if you'd want to share that with us yeah so yesterday um i went i do live in sober living but i have an apartment in um, manchester so i went back to my apartment and in Manchester's New Hampshire? Yes, New Hampshire, sorry. Um, and I noticed that my front door was open and I walked into my apartment and um, everything was stolen from me. Um, it's a lot, you know, it's all material things and those are things I can get back and I keep replaying things in my head, like what did I have, what did I have? But um, a lot of those things were also um, things that were meant something to me. Um, my mother had gotten me a necklace, um, that was for my one year and, um, that was stolen. My father who passed away five years ago, um, I had cologne of his that, um, I had saved and that was stolen. Um, you know, things that my family had given me, um, you know, meaningful things like, all the clothes, all the shoes, like all the money that I've spent on all those things, um, that I can all get back. I mean, it's all material things. It's just the things that were sentimental to me that are just really bothering me and eating away at me because I can't get my father's cologne back. They still make that cologne, but it's not going to be the same bottle that my father used. Yeah. It's not going to be, you know, there's and that necklace my mother got me, you know, that meant a lot. Um, that was for my one year of sobriety and you know, that was the first time I had ever been sober for a year and that meant a lot and um, Yeah, it, it was really hurtful um, and I felt very violated. I do feel very violated like how could someone just take everything from somebody? They literally took this tapestries off my wall. They took my um, bathroom uh, curtain like a shower no, curtain? like a curtain that was uh, hiding my window in my bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, they took every... They took socks. They took dirty clothes. They took... Like, they just took everything. Literally everything. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, that's pretty... It's still raw, and I'm still kind of, like, in shock, I think, a little bit about it. But, um... I'm trying to bring God into it, you know, and, um, I talked to my sponsor today and she said, you know, these are all things you can get back. And I was like, yeah, I know. It's just, it's still hard because, you know, someone intruded on my space. Absolutely. And, um, it's just, you don't do that to people, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So when you say bring God into it, what do you mean? Um, so like, 
prayer and, um, you know, just sitting with myself and being okay and having yeah. knowing that God is with me and, um, he provides me with everything that I need and yes, I God. am okay right now. I'm in a safe place. Um, yes. you know, I have a lot of my things at the sober house. Um, you know, my animals are safe. That's a big thing because um, I have two leopard geckos that were at the house and that was the first thing I automatically thought when the door was open. I freaked out and ran into that room to make sure they were still there. So they're safe. My cats are safe. Um, you know, all the things that are really, really important to me are okay. Um, you know, and it's just knowing that like my higher power, who I do call God, um, will take care of me and that karma is a bitch <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you know um i definitely believe people get what they um you know get back what they what they do and what they deserve um if you're a good person you will get good back and if you're a not so good person you'll you'll get your day mm -hmm. you know judgment will come and <laughs> you know yeah so. i'm i'm so amazed at your strength through this, you know, just how you're looking, how you're looking at it, how you said that you're trying to bring God into it. Yeah. That's amazing and inspiring, you know, like, um, and like the same day that yeah. you find out this happened or you found out last night. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but I mean, within the same 24 hours and do you guys hear her, you know, she says she's bringing God into it and that's just like, Oh, I had a Holy Spirit chills when he said that. Because seriously, that's that's hugely in, inspirational. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. And, and yes, we have to. So, yes, you are God's. You are his princess. Mm -hmm. And he does provide and he will continue to provide for you. Mm -hmm. And that you know that is, is testimony, mm -hmm. you know, and, and in that we, we can walk in love and not fear yeah. because we know mm -hmm. um, that he'll provide. Yeah. And mm, yeah, you just, you amazed me. You warmed my soul. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that kind of leads into actually being grateful. I think that's so important. Um, yeah. To, and that's something I wanted to make sure that, uh, we talk about on the podcast. Um, every time we, every time we do a series is yeah. just, or an episode, sorry, but about gratefulness because I was thinking about that this morning watching BBC. Mm -hmm. Um, and about Ukraine. Yeah. And I was watching these, um, these people that they, they like the airports are shut down. The all the mass transportation is shut yeah. down and they're trying to get out of this country and they can't even, um, they would have to go by foot or have gotten a flight before Russia mm -hmm. invaded. Um, and it's just, you know, there's like camps set up and, and places like w where can they get supplies and just yeah. all of these things, you yeah, know, it's bad. and it's scary. It's just, I was just watching this and thinking, wow, you know, like mm -hmm. just to know that we sleep at night and we wake up in the morning and that 
our house is still warm mm -hmm. and that we can flip the light on and the lights will go on and we can go to the sink and we can run the water and it will get hot yeah. and we can have hot water to splash on our face and mm -hmm. you know if if systems are shutting down like the infrastructure shutting down because a country's at war you know, yeah. all of a sudden things like that, like little, little things that we take for granted. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, gratitude is a big part of, I feel like sobriety as well. Um, you know, like I'm grateful every day that I'm sober still, like I'm grateful for my higher power. I'm grateful for my family that's never given up on me. Yes. Um, I'm just grateful for life today. You know, I'm grateful that I have self love coming back yes um, yes queen yeah i'm grateful for a lot of things i'm grateful for all my friends you know i'm grateful for you <laughs> i'm grateful for you too um i just my life is really blessed these days and no matter like the things that happen and you know bad things are gonna happen you know sometimes and you just got to keep moving forward and learn how to work through those things obviously um i still have to write my fourth step so they're definitely going on that <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know you gotta forgive too um i feel like that forgiveness is a big thing um forgiving ourselves for mm. all the hurt we caused mm. and forgiving others for hurting us as well so absolutely yeah um after after you write down your fourth step and do your fifth, if mm -hmm. you want, or, and during that, any, during that period, at yeah. any time, there's uh, this place called the Rage Cage down oh, the yeah, way. Yeah, I've heard I really, about it. I really want to check it out. <laughs> yeah, so uh, if, you, if you want to totally rage. Down. Okay, cool. Heck cool. yeah. <laughs> good to know, good to know. Date night, for and, sure. <laughs> yes, our Saturday night date night is going yes, to the Rage Cage. <laughs> I love that idea. That sounds amazing. <laughs> mm -hmm. I hear they give you like a shopping cart and you just go through oh, and you pick well, things off the shelves, kind of like you're at a Goodwill or something. Yeah. And then you get to go and, like, say you found a bunch of vases and, like, lamps and whatever, yeah. and you can just take them and you smash them. Yeah, that sounds like, amazing, actually. I have a lot of pent-up rage inside of me right now, but, um, you know, it's not really that bad. <laughs> just a little bit. I just keep thinking about certain things, and I'm just like, mm. those mother mm. whatever, like, you know what I mean? Like, this I spent, I worked very hard for a lot of the things that I bought myself. Um, you know, Absolutely. I, I worked really hard for those things and Absolutely. they're not cheap. And the fact that somebody went in and, you know, just had their way with whatever I had. I mean, they didn't leave me anything like, um, yeah. So, yeah, they helped you with your fresh start. Yeah. Yeah. You could say that. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's nothing really at that apartment that I really need anymore besides my leopard geckos and mm -hmm. my friend's actually going to be taking care of them. Um, She agreed to tonight. She just messaged me before we started and said that she was going to take them in. So, nice. Yeah. That's so perfect. I don't have anything to worry about right now. Yeah. yeah. And I and I didn't mean that like to... um to be dismissive no, by saying, you no, know, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know you, I know, you know, but I just want to clarify because, yeah. you know, I, I sometimes can come off as so jaded, yeah. but like, I just, I'm not jaded. I don't think <laughs> it's just like, I, I, I've learned to look at things like, okay, well, there's a reason, Yeah, you know, like mm -hmm. there's a reason sometimes we're stripped 
Sometimes yeah. we're stripped and we have to stand there naked and exposed. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's like... And I believe there's a reason for everything. Everything happens for a reason. There's a purpose for everything that happens in our lives. Yeah. And, you know, it's just whatever the reason is, I'm not sure of. But mm -hmm. it is there is a reason. And, yeah, that could be it. Like, I was holding on to a lot of those things that I really didn't need anymore. Like, a lot of the things I... You know, there was sneakers that I bought and literally only wore one time or wasn't wearing at all. And I just bought them because I liked them. Like, mm -hmm. you know, things like clothes that I hadn't worn in, you know, over a year that I was still holding on to because I might wear it one day. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, know, we all, uh, yeah. We so, all do that. I mean, <laughs> I've been trying to get rid of a lot of stuff for a long time. So I guess they just helped me do See? it. <laughs> See? And, 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 um... It's easier for me for when I move out. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. So that was my thing too. I had moved from, well, I had moved from Michigan to Maryland mm -hmm. and then I had moved from Maryland to California. And I remember paying the shipping company to like box up extra stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, I also packed up an SUV to yeah. drive across the country, but then paying the shipping company to send out like all these extra clothes and such. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I remember like moving these multiple times, like large distances, I remember the packing to just be, it was just so much, yeah. you know, and, and I would say, okay, I need to get, I need, to, I wish I had less stuff. Like this stuff mm -hmm. is holding me down and, and I just wanted to have less stuff, less stuff. Um, well then we had, the um, this house fire, um, a little oh. over five years ago mm -hmm. and, um, that's how I looked at it. I was like, okay, I had to look at it that way. It was like everything, and it was the sentimental things that yeah. was the hardest. Yeah. You know, like the, the family Bible that was my great-grandmother's and yeah. had like the family tree written in it mm -hmm. and, you know, family photos and mm -hmm. art portfolios and stuff. Things like that are irreplaceable. Yeah. Um, but that's the way I had to look at it. it was, I was stripped of all these things that I was holding on to. Mm -hmm. And now it's easier for me to go through. I love going through um, my clothes and weeding out things yeah. that I haven't worn or that I think it's it's um, really neat living here because I'll go through and I'll find things that I'm like, oh, this would look good on this girl or this would look <laughs> good on this girl. And I'll, and I'll make bags mm -hmm. for people and that helps me get rid of things. Um, but I just try to stay minimal you yeah. know yeah um and i've always been like a hoarder with my clothes so i mean it it was i had a lot a lot of stuff <laughs> i had over 120 sweatshirts <laughs> oh wow yeah i mean i have like 30 at the silver house with me but like <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah it's yeah i had like 30 pairs of sneakers uh, like, wow yeah how did they get out with all that stuff? You're right. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't even make any sense how they got out with all those things. Yeah. Hmm. I live on the third floor. And I am... The front door locks. So. Hmm. Yeah. I want to investigate this a little more with you later. I know. Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um. So before we... Before we wrap up... Mm -hmm. Um. Hopefully people are um, watching and are going to 
see something on one of the podcast episodes and share it with somebody and maybe it'll be a person that's struggling with addiction or alcoholism mm -hmm. or maybe it'll be someone that just has felt isolated mm -hmm. um, throughout the pandemic and through work at home but hopefully and and the, the goal of each of these episodes um, they're in hopes that someone will hear something um, that they need to hear and maybe even reach out and um, share some experiences or with us um, or if you have anything that you want to say um, there's not only the link um, through the podcast but you can also email us at exploringsanity at gmail.com and um, so if you had anything you wanted to share with Desiree or you know anything you want to ask or, or just tell us about feel free um, up the link <laughs> yeah yeah just and you can just email us it's yeah. easy peasy <laughs> but um what's something that like if you, what's some experience like some sh some strength and hope that you would want to share with somebody or something that you want people to know so um things do get better um i think that if you are willing um and just humble yourself that um and ask for help like you anything is possible um life will go on with or without you um so just make the best of it while you're here i think um you know um living a sober life isn't you know the worst thing um because honestly I don't even remember having fun when I was getting high. It was just, I was so trapped in that life. Yes. And, you know, it's, it's a mental thing. Um, you know, and I, I think if you can break free of that, um, life gets so much better. It really does. Um, I've been on the other end, you know, and, um, like when I had that, length of sobriety last time um life was good until it wasn't i mean until i stopped doing all the things that had kept me sober um but you know i still go struggle some days you know it's not always going to be perfect it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows but um you know most days i do wake up happy um and um yeah it's freeing yes you know um that's definitely you know, having faith and, um, you know, just caring for yourself, um, is a big thing. Yes. You know? Yes. So, yeah. Every day, every yeah. day you yeah. wake up free. Yeah, definitely. Knowing that I don't have to get high today is all I have to tell yes. myself. I don't have to do that today. Yes. You know, and I don't want to. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for being vulnerable with us. Mm -hmm. You know, like um it's it's not it's not the easiest thing mm -hmm. um to be vulnerable. You know, you yeah. you just shared with with us um for a public podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, pieces of yourself and I I thank you so much and I just, I just want you to know that I honor you Thank and you. 
I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you too. And I love, <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> yeah. Thank and you yeah, so much. I'm so happy that you had me on here. I really appreciate that. First episode. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll With have you many back. more to come. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm really excited about this. I don't even know what I'm doing, but you know, <laughs> It'll, it'll be good. It's just the beginning. Yeah, it's it's only the beginning. Watch out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, we're going to put this together and post it. And thank you guys for joining us um, for our first one. And please continue to come back. Um, the goal is that eventually that one a week will be posted. Um, so... You know, just keep checking back. If you join the mailing list, uh, there'll be a little reminder for you when one's posted. But I think that um, I wouldn't, if I were you, I wouldn't expect one again for two weeks. Give us two weeks, okay? <laughs> okay, thanks, guys. Um, we hope to that you see us again soon. <laughs> Bye. Sending love and light.